Happy Turkey Day. <laughs> it's not going to be Turkey Day when people are listening. I know, but you know. <laughs> and welcome, welcome to episode 130 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. I have something. I had to write this down because oh. this is one of those ridiculous things that you know who has done. That's okay. When, you, know, when you know when it's ridiculous, you know who's done it. <laughs> I mean, it could be me, but likely not. But likely not. So, you know, every morning he has his English muffin. Right. One side has peanut butter. No, both sides have butter. One side has peanut butter. One side has jam. Okay. So one side has butter and peanut butter? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I that you know what? Now that I say that, I'm not okay. 100%, but I'm but I'm 99% sure. Okay, okay, that's okay. But I also like butter and peanut butter because when you do that then Never like, in my life, never <gasps> in my life have I ever had both butter and peanut butter on the same piece of bread. No, but if it's on an English muffin that has nooks and crannies, you need it because then it's like oozy in it and like it'll be drippy. Oh, it's so good. Anyways, that's not the point of my story. You okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting you off on a tangent. Yes. So I think for some reason I had picked up the, oh no, it was the day that I wasn't feeling well. And you remember I said to you, I'd gotten up at some point and then I just felt like having toast with a little peanut butter, but I used PB2, but I thought I'm just going to put my knife, going to put a little bit in of regular peanut butter and just make it a little creamier. So when I, I opened the jar and I looked and I'm like, why is there jam on the peanut butter? In the peanut butter? My house and I'm sure it was your house. The butter almost always has crumbs in it. I mean, I, when growing up, I that would I would I will not believe you if you say that there was never crumbs in your butter. So I'm going to tell you that that is something that we that we would have gotten in trouble for. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Without with a gaggle of children, mm-hmm. all. And so were there sometimes crumbs in the butter? Yes, but that then it would then there would have been an inquisition to find out <laughs> who done it. <laughs> because that was not allowed. Okay. Well I can now, tell you. we weren't we were not in a situation where it was like you needed to have a separate knife for each thing. No, 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 no. But your knife needed to be clean before it went into the jar. Okay, so this is where I'm going with this. Yeah. All right. So, obviously, even, like, just to say, like, just to hear you say you opened the peanut butter jar and then you saw, like, jam remnants in it, like, it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. And, like, and I am a person who likes things to mix. Like, I am not one of those people who has to have, like, a separate little spot on my plate and, like, my food can't touch. I like it to be all, like, a jumble and things things that, like, taste well together get mixed and things that maybe don't taste well together also get mixed. Like, none of that does – none of that bothers me. But, like, there shouldn't be, like, a little strip of jam in the peanut butter jar. Yeah. And you know, and because, and, and I mean, there's the whole way about how do you like take peanut butter when you put it on your knife? Like he's like a, an in and an out. Like, so there's, you can see where it goes, right? Also really strange. Like scrape yeah. off the top. That's normal. No, no. But this is like a little, like a, it's almost yeah. a decorative effect going on. Okay. Like, like 
a shell, like a shell. Okay. Yes, so, I got it. I got it. So poor Phil, you know, I, I told him, I did tell him that this, I, I had to pick my phone up right away. And this is definitely a podcast <laughs> thing. Cause this is like ridiculous, Phil. <laughs> so anyway, that is not, I said to him, you know, now that we're talking, he's like, he, so, okay, let's keep, 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 keep focused, Sandy. Keep, Sandy, keep focused. focused. I, I, cause there's so many things about this story. <laughs> that are happening. So I said to him, do you not like wipe off the knife? I said, most people, if they were going to, you would, one of two things, if it was the jam thing and you'd just put your knife in the jam, then before like you would finish doing, and then you, on the side of the jam jar, you would like do a, a cursory do a wipe. little scrape. Yeah, of course. Or you might go to the piece of bread or whatever. And by the edge of it, you would do a nice little. A little pitter. wipe. Absolutely. Right. And then you would go into the next thing. Yeah. Why not? I go like, that's, I, I don't, nobody wants to see that stuff in there. Right. Anyway. But the other thing he does is then, because you know, if he's not wiping off the jam, he is definitely not wiping off the knife from the peanut butter. So what's happening to all of that peanut butter? Then he opens the dishwasher. He puts a knife that still has peanut butter on it in the dishwasher. Okay. First of all, the knife would have been in my mouth and cleaning that sucker off. I would have had a, an index finger up the side, <laughs> up the other side. And like, because that is delicious food that is going into the dishwasher. Sandy, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> so I said to him, and I have been annoyed, like slightly, every time I open the dishwasher, like, like six out of seven days when he's having this, to see that knife sticking up with peanut butter. Covered in peanut butter. Well, first of all, it's food waste, which he thinks I'm totally ridiculous because no but a period of time, that is a whole serving of peanut butter. Over the course of the week, six days, like that's probably a tablespoon of peanut butter. I mean, it's not a goopy thing on the side, but, but definitely there's it is not just a swipe. It's not like just like a little swipe. It is like a full, like, there's peanut butter on it. What yeah. a waste. And so I was thinking that next week in, or this week, when this gets posted, you need to put, I, we need to know what do other people do? <laughs> yes. So I'll find a picture of a knife with some peanut butter on it. <laughs> what would you do? Is this going in the dishwasher? No, it's not going in the dishwasher. That is, oh my goodness, Sandy, that is ridiculous. And and I also need a photo of a butter dish or a margarine container that has crumbs in it. Was this your uh, this is this <laughs> does this remind you of home or no? <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that. And we didn't eat butter at home when it was always imperial margarine. Dun, 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 dun. It was also, it was also <laughs> margarine for us, not butter, <laughs> but, but I don't know. We had basil. We didn't have. Uh, no, ours was always imperial. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we thought we were kings and queens in my house. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is, yeah. this is wild to me. And so, Yes. Also, peanut butter and jam. If you were putting it on, if you were putting it on the same <laughs> thing, would you put, like, you put your peanut butter on and then you put jam on top, right? Always, always. No, the jam would never come first. 
Okay, but would the jam go right directly on the peanut butter or would it go on the other slice of bread? Oh, directly on the peanut butter. Okay, then why do you think it's so weird to put butter then? Like, would you, and what, and so the one piece of bread would be like naked? Yeah, like if I was making a sandwich. Yeah. But I can but tell you. Here's the I, thing for me, yeah. like butter and then jam on top. Yeah. Delicious. Well, I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. What? Okay. For sure. So like to put butter or like margarine and then to put jam on top. Absolutely. To put peanut butter and then put, put jam on top. Absolutely. To put butter and then peanut butter feels weird. Maybe. I, I mean, I can see if, if it's just like regular bread, like, you know, uh, like regular processed bread, white or yeah. brown, doesn't matter. Yeah. That's one thing. But then if like, say you've gone and you've got like a good sourdough, you know, that's got like all of the air holes and all that stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Not to have all the stuff like that's like to have it, it's filled with butter or and then sometimes there's room and it has a little bit more jam or something in it or peanut butter like it gets all filled right and then and then when it because it's gotten warm then it then there's a, the melting issue right yeah I know well but that's why I would just put peanut butter directly on it because I um, love when the peanut butter is melty yeah maybe yeah I mean maybe I'm just talking more about like crumpets because you know <laughs> maybe crumpets you put the butter on first and then jam on top and then when you pick it up the whole plate's got like and it's all seeped through yeah it's but the one good. side of a crumpet is like flat so it catches yeah. most it's a catch-all yeah. for like a bee for like a honey like a beehive it's it it's all delicious actually we would do too like we would do butter and then some cinnamon sugar oh yeah that yeah we also would we also would do butter and then hackleslach. Which a what? Is like, <laughs> it's, it's like uh, what happens in the morning sprinkles. when you clean your throat? No, it's sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. We would do cinnamon spread. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of it good. Okay, what about cheese whiz? No, I'm not a cheese whiz fan. Okay, I see. And I not I quite like me some cheese whiz, but cheese whiz is another one of those things that I would not put butter and then cheese whiz. Like that's Ooh. weird. Like you just yeah. put cheese whiz on the bread. Yeah. No, I, I, I actually don't, I don't know if my mom ever even bought cheese whiz. I, I know I didn't like it, so we didn't, I didn't right. have it. Right. Right. Very odd. Anyways, anyways, you know, we just spent what, 10 minutes talking about something totally ridiculous, which, which is good. I mean, it's pretty par for the course where we're concerned. But you know what, actually, Sandy, I know because you've got a bunch of things to, a bunch of things that you've been listening to and watching that you were like, ooh, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. But I don't actually know what most of those things are. I just know that you've got them. I also have a book that I want to talk about. So I feel like the rest of this episode is going to be like a bunch of recommendations. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that feels a little, feels like we got off to a light start and now yeah. we're about to get a little more hard hitting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So what are we going to start with then? Should we start with the the Netflix series uh, show? Yeah, let's let's start with that because we've both watched that. Yes. Okay, you start. Okay. So we're talking about um, a documentary that recently came out on Netflix, and it's called Britney versus Spears. Yes. And I saw. So I had seen it 
come up like on Netflix as like something trending or something to watch. And I, as soon as I saw it, I thought, Ooh, I have to watch that. And then the next day, I think you texted me to say, we just watched this. You have to watch it. And so I was like, okay. I mean, it was already on my radar, but like now it's, it's priority. So, so, so interesting. This documentary talking about uh, Britney Spears, the the musical artist, and then, but specifically talking about from the start of her popularity uh, and from then until now and the control that other people have had over her life and and like not just over her money but over her, her life right like like her person yeah yeah so I think in the U.S. or in the state of California because that's that's where um this has, uh, the, the courts have approved, it's a, cons- uh, a conservatorship, a conservator? Uh, yeah, a conservatorship. Which would, could also be called, I think it's a guardian. In, in other states, and in oh. Canada, it would be a guardianship. But, so, and but it feels, it feels stricter than that. But I mean, maybe, maybe legally it's the same thing, yeah. but in practicality and how it plays out, it feels very different. Yes. In the level of, I think in the level of control. Um, yeah. For, anyway, so the, the Britney obviously is Britney Spears and the Spears is talking about her father, who she was estranged from. Yes. Also. And that when her, her marriage to, um, uh, Fetterline or whatever yeah, Kevin, his name was, Kevin yep. um, that that had broke up and there was a custody battle with about for the children and different things were going on they never really told you directly or I missed it and Phil did too about what it was that brought her father to believe that there needed to be somebody who intervened mm. anyways all of a sudden her father shows up gets us petition to the court and state of California actually grants him control over not just her um, her assets, but also her person, like her person to the point that if she wanted to go to a restaurant to get, grab a burger, mm-hmm. she literally had to phone to ask permission before mm-hmm. she was allowed to leave mm-hmm. her house. I mean, it's wild the the amount of control that her dad and his legal team really had over her and for not just like six months or a year for for over a decade yeah and i mean wild to to hear about all of this and like and like you said like she couldn't Go, she couldn't leave her house without permission, but he also had control over the jobs that she took and the jobs yeah. that she didn't took or jobs that she didn't take and like the amount of hours she was meant to be spent rehearsing or doing different things like like she couldn't make decisions and yet 
when it came to her artistic production, it was all her, right? Like yeah. she was doing her own choreography. She was making sure that the backup dancers knew what they were doing. She was writing her own music. Like she was mm-hmm. doing all of this, all of the artistic side of things. And so like, clearly this is a woman who could make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and yet all of the medical reports that, I mean, you you're led to understand that these are medical reports that have been fabricated. Um, well, Henny, she was diagnosed with dementia. Correct. Correct. In her twenties. <laughs> by a geriatric, like by a doctor yes. who focused in geriatrics, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like clearly there was a lot of money paid for things. Even the court appointed, um, uh, attorney who is supposed to be fighting for her legal, like her on the end, like against the control mm-hmm. was also someone that she did not want and, and many times tried to fire and it was not allowed. So I guess we should, we should also say that the, the documentary was done by, uh, I think there were two journalists, right? One of them worked for Rolling Stone or did work for Rolling Stone, which is when she had actually met and interviewed Brittany at Mm -hmm. the beginning of her career and 10 years had passed. Yes. At some point, this, uh, the, a lot of documents came where they were, um, the public could, were allowed to uh, um, ask to see them. And so there was a lot of stuff that her and this other woman had gone to investigate, um, which is the basis of this whole documentary. But it, they also had a lot of footage, actual footage, um, at different points with Brittany interacting um, in different situations, performing, mm-hmm. trying to just get gas, time yeah. when she was taken to the hospital for something. Yeah. But they also spent time, like they interviewed people who were, it's, very, very close to Brittany at different points in her life. Yeah. And these people tell you a very different story than what we see in the media. What, what they lead us to believe is who this person is. And then we, we, as we do create this whole, the rest of the story. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I said to Henny today and then I said to Phil, I said like, the image that I, I said, I've never really been a Britney Spears fan just because I think it's an age thing for me. Like when I she mean, was popular or whatever. I loved Britney Spears. Like, and when she came out with her first, uh, her first album and her first single, I was in high school. Like I was right at the right time and the right age for it and loved her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, so, I mean, this was, for sure, so, so you, depending on where you're at in your own life. Yes, and, and so the thing that, that I, that comes to mind when you say Britney Spears, mm-hmm. I see the images of her shaving her head. Yeah. And being portrayed as someone who is completely out of control. Yeah. What I liked about this whole, the, this documentary was they didn't even... It wasn't even mentioned. No. Which some might say, well, 
you're leaving out a part of the of the story that would mm-hmm. make it seem feasible that this is what was happening. Mm. But I like to think that on the other hand is that it allowed people like myself to see and hear from people at different points in her life mm-hmm. who tell you a very different story yeah. of this person. I mean, the just the footage of the paparazzi makes me want to vomit. It it yeah. Because you often don't see that. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, like, what we often forget when we're looking at people who have any sort of amount of stardom is we often forget, A, what that really means to be in the public's eye. Yeah. And, B, how young so many of these people were and are right like like she was 16 when this all started like what or like when her her fame sort of exploded right like I, I mean I think as an adult it would be incredibly difficult to manage the the time the money the mental fortitude the you know, all those other challenges that come along with being a pop star, you yeah. know, and, and, and then to expect a 16 year old to, to do it without, you know, it's, it's the same when we talk about, you know, elite athletes or, yeah. you know, any other, you know, group of people who are, because they're in the public's eye, they also have now become role models and um you know and and people who have people who should have opinions and people who should you know people who should be doing everything perfectly and people who the public really expects to get something from yeah you know and it's it's crazy to me yeah And, and and they're at a point in their life when they they just they don't they don't know how to handle it they didn't ask for that. Mm-hmm. They have to trust the people who are around them. And how many times do we hear that those people who are around them are taking advantage of them? Yeah. yeah. And not, I mean, it's one thing to make decisions that you can look back on and think that wasn't the best decision. But it's mm-hmm. another thing to know that at the time you made those decisions, you also knew that they were not the right decision. Yeah. Right. Because, uh, you know, we all look back on things that when we really think about it, we think, okay, but when I made that decision, I made it like thinking that was the right thing to do. Like it wasn't like something I took lightly. But I mean, you think any there's so many young people. I mean, that's why young actors, young child actors, um, these pop stars Mm -hmm. often crash and burn and some are able to make a recovery and other ones aren't. I mean, you look at look at. At, at Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is so wild for me to even think that the guy's like only 27 years old or something. Yeah. He's a baby. Yeah. But, but it sounds like he's been around for so long. Yeah. And that's because well, he that, was in his early teens when, when, when he was discovered quote unquote. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and, and had access to things that, no child should have ever had access to. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
Um, it seems that he's been able to turn himself around. He's got so much of his life. I mean, he's just beginning his life. He's just a young guy, you know, and he's already had all of this, these experiences. Um, anyways, hoping that he's, he's, he's like continuing, but he's got, but people are only going to, people remember those things about you. Right. Anyways, that's a total, that's a total. Anyway, I mean, if you're, even if you're not interested in Britney Spears at all if you are at all interested in like real life people stories it's a fascinating documentary I would highly recommend it yeah and also to to even be have your you know yourself open to how much control the state can have Mm -hmm. when we I mean, our beliefs are that that could never happen. And there we are thinking, this is not some an unknown. This is someone who was making millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars a year for other people. Yeah. Like her father got two to three times the amount she did a month. Yeah. An allowance. Like her allowance was $8,000. Now she did have the cars. I mean, all that other stuff is paid for. She's entitled to more than 8,000. She's entitled to do whatever she wants to do with her money. Yeah. She's also, you know, they were protecting her from like, you know, making, you know, poor financial, completely up to her to do that. She makes the freaking money. She is the product. (laughs) Well, and also there's a big difference between we're trying to protect her from making financial decisions that are going to be negative for her and she needs to get permission if she wants to go yeah. on like a go-kart ride or like yeah, yeah a golf a golf cart ride yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah. Like, <laughs> crazy yeah. crazy yeah crazy stuff. yeah anyways like kenny said it is it is definitely worth watching is it would not be a waste of your 60 to 90 minutes i'm not sure it wasn't super yeah, long nine, but it 90, was 90 minutes about but yeah. and it's and very current i mean it's up until like like very recently because August we already know yeah um very well done very well right. done okay. okay love that all right now you also yeah. hinted to me when we were talking earlier that you had a couple of podcasts you've been listening to okay so I am a huge fan, which I know other people are, of any podcast basically that the CBC does. Because the CBC, there's a couple of things. The people who are the podcast hosts or creators are often have a really, really unique way of uh, reporting the stories that they're telling. And just that the way that, and, and that go. I guess bleeds into the way that the podcast itself um, plays out just for listening because mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I know a lot of people do. I, because I have a lot of dead time on my hands that I'm often, I listen to that just to keep myself occupied. Like it's someone in the house if I'm puzzling or whatever I'm doing, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever. And, um, and so recently I was all caught up on my podcast. I didn't have an audio book. So I was like looking. Okay. So I went right to the CBC to look. So one of them you and I will speak about because you've just finished listening to, but the other, the other ones that I had listened to, they are by a person who I'm not sure she, I mean, she doesn't say who she worked for, but 25 years of actually producing a news program in Canada. Okay. Um, this is, 
but I'm pretty sure I found these on CB on CBC podcast, but they're called Island Crime. Oh, okay. And so she is retired after 25 years of producing. Her husband is a judge. Oh. And they, and so Island Crime, they've retired to Victoria Island. Oh. And so because now she has the time to dig a little bit deeper into some of these stories, the two podcasts she has is the first one, um, season one was uh, called um, Lisa is Missing. And it is a true story about a young girl who has been missing uh, for 18 years oh, and wow. is still missing and is still missing today. Oh, wow. Uh, from the island. And the second one is called Gone Boys. And oh. it, yeah, it is also very current, goes back to 14 years ago. That's the first young boy that she, um, uh, where she starts with the missing, because what she found was there were a lot of missing young men on the island that didn't get a lot of time like newsworthy time mm -hmm. but, they, but they're still missing and there's some connections to them most of them like to either walk or or um frequented using the the one highway to walk along and went missing off the highway oh wow they also have had some sort either it's mental illness or there were two or three of them that had had some sort of a traumatic brain injury at some point. One okay. dove into a pool that wasn't, um, yeah. didn't have enough water. The yeah. other one um, was out, got thrown outside of a sunroof, okay. hit their head. And, and these are not just young children. Like the first one is 14 years old, but it goes up to someone who's in his 30s when he went missing. All yeah. still missing. They're all still missing. Wow. And so... Very similar to the, although the indigenous um, missing uh, young girls. Yeah. And that till somebody sort of gathered the information together. Yeah. But with this, it is shocking on a small island how many of their young men are missing and wow. still missing to this day and have not been found. So the theory is that they think that there could be a serial killer. Oh, wow. That has been doing this. Yeah. Both of them, again, very well. I like the way she, she, and because it's, she's been doing these through the pandemic, she actually, like, when she meets up with people, she records in her vehicle because it's soundproof. Oh, and okay. Yeah. So, but just the way that she, she's like David Ridgen, because I really, really like David Ridgen, yeah. the way that he's just a, the way that he records because he, I think it's very um, it's not in a studio. He actually goes to people's homes and it's just like a mm -hmm. recorder of some sort. And you hear him mm -hmm. asking, can, is it okay if I record you? You get a lot of the stuff that it's not polished. It's not yeah. polished. It feels like you're kind of getting like behind the scenes. Stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. 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 Yeah. But anyway, so I've, I'm just, I've just finished both of those. Like I binged them because some of the episodes were only like 30 minutes. Some are longer, but it's now even with the, um, it's Lisa Marie is what her the girl's name is. Lisa Marie is people coming forward after so much time and that her mother passed away, I think, a couple of years ago. But they still do a vigil 
on June 28th. She, the last time she was seen was June 30th, like 1982. Um, yeah, it's, anyways, they're very well done. Very and well done. do you find them, like, sad or, like, emotional to listen to with so all I, these missing people? The only time that I actually can feel, like, uh, is, is, is when you're listening to, like, the mom or dad or a grandparent. Right something right. you know and all they want to know is where they're they know that they're dead yeah I mean, yeah yeah all they want to do is to know they don't know where their loved one is and that's yeah. so sad but but it she she also um, I'm the province of um of uh, British Columbia has done a lot to try to have different agencies communicating with each other so even like the coroner's office where they you know, over, you know, the last 10 years, there has been an effort and people have just with um, better technology also mm -hmm. um, is they actually have like a, a map that you can you can see which shows and plots where unknown like um, bodies have been found. OK. Um, or unidentified bodies. Sorry, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the remains of people. And mm -hmm. so that gives uh, lawmakers and they can share that with the RCMP and also with just local police right. that it gives them sort of, um, an idea to see there may be areas of the province that are, uh, the reason that there's a higher incidence of finding things is because of, of the, like the, just, just the province is, is, has so many lakes. It's on the, it's yeah, on the ocean. topography of the province. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and even, um, the register, the, the, the Canadian registry for missing people, mm -hmm. um, you know, she, she interviews, interviews the, the guy who runs that himself. And, and, uh, like he, the stats for like 2019 was there were 72,000 missing people in Canada reported. Those are just the reported ones. Yeah, and however, one, and that's stuff that you don't really hear about, right? Like, like yeah. the idea that there are seventy-two thousand missing people in our country is wild to me. But ninety-seven point five percent of them are found, because okay. it also includes runaways. It could. It also includes like there are habitual runaways, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and so it includes them. But the thing that I was shocking is that the the people would assume that if you were to, to put them into groups of like young people, adults, girls, boys, whatever, mm. that it would be young girls would be the most. Right. And it is actually men. Interesting. There are more, more missing men reported or still missing in this country than there are young women or children. That that was shocking to me. Now, yeah. some people do go missing because they they literally they they truly want to, and that is more common with men. Right. There's some sort of a situation going on, and they will be in another province. They will have relocated somewhere else. They get found because often they get found, and and then they say they're they they tell whoever finds them they they don't they they've left. They don't want anything to do with family. It's been toxic. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. The yeah. Whatever the reason is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Crazy. So really, really, really interesting. Really, really interesting to listen to. I, I don't, I, I find it informative. I, I find yeah. it 
it takes, you know, it's a, a good thing to pass my time. Yeah. And you also then, because if she's talking about a specific town, um, then like she talks about Tofino for a bit and then she's talking about a different town that you then almost start with this image of what this town is. I've never, I've never been, I've never been right. to the so I don't know. Um, on one hand, I said to feel like, I mean, it's somewhere that we always wanted to go, but, but then he kind of got, I think, okay, well, I'm not really a target because I'm not a young man or, you know, uh. well, you know what I mean? but it does make you, but, and the thing is, is that when you, they interview people in the towns, people who have children are still worried about it yeah, because they also have young like boys. Mm -hmm. So any that may have been in any, any, like a learning disability, like where they're still able to have like do things on their own and in, they're independent, but they don't necessarily, they trust too easily. Mm -hmm. Some of them were schizophrenic. Um, and so if they were off their meds, you know, all kinds of, it's, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, if people are looking for podcasts and it's <laughs> nice, and these are like real true stories in yeah. Canada, which is always nice too. Yeah. Yeah. I always like a Canadian connection. Because when we live in the province of Ontario, often unless it's something horrific, like, you know, um, the pig farmer, <laughs> yeah. you know, you hear about it. Yeah. And so there are like, you know, a lot of crazy things that are going on through our country that we just don't know about. Yeah. 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 All right. Now, the one that I told you about also is a CBC podcast. Right. And it's called Evil by Design. Mm, Peter Nygaard. I, so the... The podcast series, I think it's like, I think it's eight episodes. Yeah. And the episodes are all about like 40, 45 minutes. I think I listened to the entire thing in two days. Yeah. Like I couldn't stop listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Crazy. And it's relevant right now because, you know, it, he has been on the news within the last two weeks. Yeah. Um. And they, I mean, he's been charged with, I don't, I, I think they're 136 counts, uh, 136 women have come forward, maybe even more at this point, mm -hmm. in six or seven countries. Mm -hmm. Like, what this man was able to do away with, they, they actually say he is worse than Weinstein, Epstein, um, Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm worse than that as far as the sexual abuse and advantages and just disgusting things that he did to young girls up mm -hmm. into uh, up into young women yeah and continued to do until he got arrested and caught mm -hmm. in 2019 yeah yeah and starting decades ago it's over 40 years yeah yeah and a lot of it in the Bahamas, um, where he paid off um, the government for the, the current, because they were they had the same political party in charge for a good number of years, and he was paying them off. 
And it was only at the point when some of the people involved knew that the political party was going to change. And with that change, that their voices might be heard. It's, mm-hmm. That's really when it started to unravel there uh, in the Bahamas. And then as it unraveled in the Bahamas, it became evident that this, that his targeting of young girls and young women was not just happening there, but that it was happening in Canada, that it was happening in the United States, that it was happening overseas. Like, yeah. And, and it, and he, he was able to do this all through his business, through Nygaard. I mean, yeah. I've worn Nygaard pants. Tanjay, Phil, Phil, okay, funny story. Phil once, like probably seven years ago, bought me an outfit from Tanjay. What are you thinking? <laughs> so I never wore Nygaard no. clothing yes. and I never shopped at Tanjay because it was, well, because it was, but there was a Tanjay, there was a store yes. in Eastgate Square, which is like a little tiny mall about fi- a 15-minute drive from, from where I grew up. And so I know, like, I even know, like, it's not there anymore, but as a kid, like, I can imagine myself walking into the mall, and I know, like, where in the mall this store was, <laughs> and and it was... Like it was, I mean, as a kid, we would have called it like an old lady store. Like it it was targeted to like an older middle-aged crowd. And I can tell you that even when I was like in my forties and Phil bought me an outfit from there, it was still an old lady store. And I'm like, (laughs) bought me a whole outfit, honey, whole outfit. It, oh dear. It promptly. He, he should have turned. He should have asked his assistant to help him. <laughs> really? Do you think that that is what I'm going to wear? Like, have you mm, looked at my no. wardrobe? <laughs> <laughs> no. Did it come from Costco? No. No. So then I. So then I don't want it. <laughs> Costco, Giant Tiger, <laughs> Winners or Marshalls. Oh my goodness, Sandy. <laughs> Not Tanjay. Not Tanjay. Oh, yeah, truly like if you're looking for yeah, if you're if you're looking for a captivating story yeah. But the hard part about it, like, so here's the thing for me with these kinds of podcasts, like the ones you're talking about with Island Crime or this one Evil by Design. I mean, I like I am fascinated by these stories and I can't um, like I yeah like I I eat them up as quickly as I can and I and I just I really am so interested and entertained by them but there's always a little piece of me that feels almost I don't know if guilty is the right word but like I feel a little bit bad that I'm so entertained because these are like real true stories and real people that have been harmed and and in many cases continue to be harmed or continue to live with the the trauma of these events you know and yet and then I'm like so entertained by it but like always with always with it in the back of my head like but but this is not just a story Yes, but, and also though, Henny, I mean, 
in most of these, most of these podcasts that are being done, especially like when it's like the CBC, I think they're very respectful in the way that they do their podcast. They Absolutely. also, they also recognize that this, when when someone has listened to a, so now you and I have both listened to this. We will tell other people, we're sharing that with, with people who are listening to us. They may listen to it, but you don't know if it's someone that knows somebody. They could be somebody named in one of these things mm-hmm. that then triggers you to know someone else, which in the missing people cases, that's what they need. Mm-hmm. They need mm-hmm. to know that someone's going to hear and come forward. And and it is important for people's stories to be told and for people's yeah. stories to be heard, right? Yes. Yeah. It still impacts you, you know? Yeah. Anyway. So many good things out there to listen to and to watch. A crazy amount. There just aren't enough hours in the day. No. Mm-mm. But if you do find yourself with a few extra hours, yeah, Sandy, I have to show you. And I recognize oh my God. this is a podcast and people can't see, but I have cool. to show you the book that I no, just got. You didn't. I knew you were going to do that. I hate you. Do you know how much I hate you? Do you know that there is a copy in the mail? No, Peru not- right now. Oh, I take it all back. <laughs> Thank you. So it's coming in the mail. I feel like it'll be at least two weeks, maybe a little bit longer, but it is coming. Okay. So I wasn't going to, I wasn't even going to open the book. So you the book, read it. no, no, I haven't. Okay. So the book is called The Shift, Seven Powerful Mindset Changes for Lasting Weight Loss. And it's written by... Dr. Gary Foster, the chief scientific officer for WW and, you know, a a really lovely and generous man. And I remember we talked like when we found out about this book, like, I think it was like six months ago, eight months ago, and we were so super excited about it. And I knew that it was coming out in October, but in my, like, I thought it was coming out later in October. Like it feels too early still, but anyway, I found it on Saturday that it had in fact been published that had in fact come out. And so I needed to get my hands on two copies immediately. And so I, anyway, on Saturday I sent it in the mail. Oh my goodness. And so I thought I'm not going to read it. Because I want to read at the same time as you. Okay. So I've got it and I, yeah. and it's just waiting so that we can read at the same time. But last night I thought, because I wasn't going to say anything, I was going to keep it like a super secret. But yeah. then I knew we were, we were going to record today and I was like, but I have to say something on the podcast about it. And so I thought, I'll tell you, I'll do the big reveal on the podcast. And I thought, I'll just like look inside to see. Yeah. And so I read the first like 10 pages, just the introduction, just to kind of get a sense of it. Cause I thought we need to say something on the podcast about it to get other people excited about it too. And Mm -hmm. so when you go into the content, into the contents, there's the introduction and then it's the seven different mindset shifts. And so like, there's one like shift number one, must be tough on myself in order to lose weight has been changed to must be kind to myself. 
And yeah. so there are seven, seven major shifts. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to read the introduction and like get a little sense of it. <laughs> and it's like, it's going to go down like butter. Like it's so smooth <laughs> and so easy and so, <sighs> so, so lovely. <sighs> But I wanted to read like a couple of little chunks from it for us to get us excited. So the book starts like this. This book, and this is, I'm reading right from the book. This book is about losing weight and getting healthier. Make no mistake. But it's not about what to eat. It's not a diet book. There are no recipes, no sample weeks of meals, no food recommendations or restrictions, no claims about which foods will make you gain fat or shed it. When people are on a weight loss journey, their first consideration is usually something like, what should I eat? What can I eat? Low fat, high, high fat, low carb, high protein, low sodium, low cal, high fiber, Mediterranean, vegetarian, vegan, <laughs> vegan keto, diet A, diet B. And then, and then he says, um, what you eat and how much, along with levels of activity, may seem to be all that count in weight loss. And they do count, of course, but without another crucial component, they will not add up to long-term weight loss success. That component is your mindset, how you think. Look at mindset as having two parts, how you think about yourself and how you think about the journey you're on. Hmm. I mean, Sandy, I cannot wait until you have your hands on your copy so that we can read this book. But um, I just, I mean, so fabulous. Like, so I just, I love that it starts right away with this is all the things that you think a diet book's going to, this is none of the things that you think a diet book is going to be. And, you know, really, no matter what you're doing, if you're looking for long-term success with weight loss, it all starts with the mindset, you know? Very excited. And, and so I, like I've, I, people have been, I've seen that, that it's out, it's out, that's out, that's out, it's out. And, and then he was on Dr. Oz, which I, that really, because Dr. Oz is kind of like, like a little bit of a quack kind of like, <laughs> and so it surprised me but he's a quack that has a big following so maybe yes. that's why right I mean yes. you know you, you do what you do and um and so I was like okay well you know what part of me I have to tell you that I, I'm not surprised that that you have purchased me a book that does not surprise me because <laughs> you know that I I can't get it but but I had fully intended did when I came next month to that was I thought I can cross that off my list of my Canada list (laughs) (laughs) I I had this whole big debate with myself on Saturday like should I send it or or should I wait until you get here and I was like going back and forth but I was like I think it might get there before you come so so it was a little self-centering you thought do I want to pay for the shipping or (laughs) and then have to wait to read it or no, then then get to read it quicker. Or do I want to save the money and then have to wait until the end of November? Correct. That <laughs> is that is it exactly. <laughs> she, said, she was like, "How much?" <laughs> I'm very very excited about it. Oh, I'm so spoiled. That's so lovely. Thank you. <laughs> um, I also really love that it was like that. His like introduction to this idea of mindset is 
how not only how you think about yourself, because typically that's what I think about. Like when I think about mindset, I think about like how we speak to ourselves, how we think about ourselves, the compassion that we show to ourselves, the way that we, the way that we think, but, but the other part of it is how you think about the journey that you're on. And, and I was like, Ooh, like that is, I feel like for me, that was the bigger piece of it. Yeah. You know, that it was that, that shifting my mindset was more about shifting how I felt about what I was doing. You know, like, like shifting how I felt about this idea. Like I remember distinctly thinking to my, like the moment at which I thought to myself, I'm going to be doing this, this meaning attending a workshop every Saturday morning, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life and like, and not feeling bad for myself or resentful because of it, you know, like for me, it was really that kind of a shift about the journey that I was on that really made a huge difference. So, so I like that he's already in the first few pages of the book said like, these are, these are the things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've, you've heard me say this before and it is because I heard him say it is that you need, you want to lose it the way you're going to live it. Yeah. And that is, that is exactly what he is saying. Yeah. It's like, you need to figure out how to get the results you want, but also enjoy the way you're doing it because you know you're going to be doing it for long term. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I am tickled to know that that is coming. I'm very excited. I'm very <laughs> feeling very spoiled. It's very, very nice. And so it's, it. well, I mean, we've gone through this whole thing that, you know, first you can't even send anything. Canada, uh, Peru is not accepting anything. Yeah. Yeah. For- okay. For a long time, Peru was Peru was on the list of places that you couldn't send mail to. Yeah. yeah. And then I've like tried to send stuff. And I think I was successful in sending a couple of cards to people. Because I think you got your birthday card. I did, yes. And, and Andy got her birthday card in the States. The States always, like, it's, and it's a political thing. It's all about relationships between yeah. countries. Like, that stuff just came to go, blah, 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 blah. Anyway... Um, I, I sent, uh, last week a card, um, for my daughter's birthday coming up and, um, and so, you know, just wrote the card, didn't have anything in it, sealed the card, whatever. And then I, I gave it to someone to take to the mail to do, and you have to show ID and everything just to mail a letter. Okay. Anyways, anyways, Roberto messaged me and he said, Oh, um, calls me Mrs. Hello, Mrs. He said, um, the lady at the post office said that the next time you can't seal the envelope because they need to check inside. Wow. I'm not that's... sure what I'm <laughs> going to put in there. COVID? <laughs> that seems very strange. I said... Also, like, wouldn't it be, like, I would expect more for, like, when the, when the, shipment of mail came from Peru to Canada that the like that's like that isn't there a show like border security like yes. where, like checking the packages like like that's what I would imagine like why does why does the post office in Peru care what you put in the envelope I, you know you just I don't know 
Wow. I don't know. I said, well, it wouldn't be like money because no one sends money in the mail anymore. That would be ridiculous. You know, and I don't know who writes a check anymore, who accepts checks anymore, but you know, that, <laughs> that wouldn't be happening. I was like, oh, I said, okay, noted, you know. Noted. I, I, I won't seal it next time. No. That's like you, I have had times where I was traveling either from Canada somewhere or to Canada. I don't know if it was from Canada to Puerto Rico or Canada here or here to Canada. And I had gifts wrapped already. Like, mm. and that's something that they say you should never do. And I had the yeah. gifts were like, not all of them, but I had some of them that were opened and there was a little yeah. note side that said that they had opened yeah. them. So, you know, I was like, now I end up with like, you know, a roll of wrapping paper and yeah, and in your on the other on the other end to, to do that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes, well, sometimes you just gotta shrug your shoulders and move on with life. Exactly. <laughs> it's I, you know, you could we could talk about it forever about why it would happen and why they're doing it, but we'd never ever know. We'd no, never know. No. <sighs> Like they make rules up as they go. And, you know, I mean, that person's just doing her job. So it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sandy, not a whole lot of like health and wellness chatter, but I will tell you that just having this conversation with you, I do like, I feel like that has a significant impact on my health and wellness. I always feel much better after a chat. A hundred percent, hundred percent. It's exactly, it's always a highlight. Uh, and, and we always, and the thing is we can, we actually are animated when we're speaking. If I speak for, you know, just, just cause we are to each other, <laughs> but we've also already chatted for an hour and a half before we start recording. Yeah. Correct. So it's, <laughs> it's always interesting how that just, you put our headsets on and it's uh-huh. like, anyway. <laughs> do you feel like it's different? Like, do you feel like when we chat with our headsets on versus off that the conversation is different? I mean, the things we talk about is different, but, or are different. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and then I, I mean, my language is, is often different because that is, true. That <laughs> is true. <laughs> that's why we speak first. Cause I get it all out. <laughs> all right. Touche. <laughs> Well, um, I, we're definitely going to be looking in, looking for people to weigh in on the, like, do you leave the peanut butter on the knife or do you lick that, that stuff off? We're, yeah. we're looking, we're looking for people to weigh in. And if you yeah. are um, watching some really great documentaries or listening to some great podcasts, yes. I mean, you know, we're always looking for suggestions. Always, always, always. All right. And if well, you like a copy of The Shift... Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a couple of weeks and we're going to be reading that sucker and breaking oh, it down. Yeah. So yeah. Got, mm-hmm. to, got that to look forward to. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, all right. So um, it's Thanksgiving today. So happy Thanksgiving, Henny. You are going to have dinner at the Hamilton Feast. Yep. My, Michael is putting his, uh, his um, best, his chef cap on yep. today. And uh, is is getting that done. So enjoy, yeah, enjoy the enjoy the fun of your family and the feast that uh, that will ensue. Thank hopefully, you. Hopefully, hopefully there will be no fights over unattended un, uh, slices of <laughs> pie. 
I, I'm pretty certain that there won't be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for the chat and uh, to everyone listening to us. Thank you so much. And we'll chat next week. All right. Take care. Have fun. Bye. Bye.